This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show, and I hope you're having a happy new year so far in 2020. Hope you ended 2019 well. This episode features Jean Miyoshi Goto, filmmaker, actress, and co-founder of the filmmaking collective Burn It Down. We sat down a few weeks ago, um, around the time she was starting the uh, Indiegogo campaign for Burn It Down, and in the time since, she has uh, successfully raised the goal um, on Indiegogo. But there's still eight days left as of the time of this release. Um, so check out the links in the show notes if you want to support uh, Burn It Down Productions, Filmmaking Collective, what have you. The proper name is in the show notes, um, and you'll hear about it a lot in this conversation. I uh, hope 2020 is going well for you so far. New decade, new year. If uh, you feel like you can step it up more than you have, if you feel like you know, you've know you started to a slow start, it doesn't matter. Um, pick it up now. Right now is the perfect time to set your intention and go forth. So with that, I'm going to start going forward um, with the podcast for 2020, 20s, setting it off right now. This is my conversation with my friend Gene Miyoshi Goto. Check it out. Let's have a conversation. Oh, well, there we go. Actually, we're we're recording. Oh. False alarm. <laughs> the good old uh, turn it on, or turn it off, turn it back on. You try turning it off and on again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Works. Works half half of the time. Uh, how do you say your last name? Goto. Goto. Jean Goto. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I know you. I just wanted to make sure, you know. Got yeah. the pronunciation correct. <laughs> um, so you're taking a break to sit down and talk um, from the busyness. Oh my gosh, yeah. So what's going on? Um, well, right now it's um, a little bit of twofold. We're doing um, Burn It Down stuff, this film collective, I guess I should explain, Um um, it's a film collective that, um, my friend Jessica O'Hara Baker and I, we started and the whole idea when we started it was just to get practice filmmaking. So it was like bringing together friends to just shoot stuff and practice like the different elements of shooting things. So, you know, someone could sign up and be sound who's never done sound before and learn how to do that in a totally safe environment. Um, so that's how it started and we've done two seasons of it and we're on our third season and this season we decided to level up and add like a, a different wing where we are um, becoming doing two versions of that just at a, a sort of higher level where we're doing pre-production and we're putting a budget into it and we're um, having a core group of team people who are committed to both short films um, and that was sort of born out of this idea. Like I last, the beginning of this year, actually, I shot a short film in the vein of the workshop where I was like, let's just get together and shoot this script that I have. And um, it just didn't turn out as good as I wanted it to. And I realized like, oh, there's a difference between learning how to do something with low pressure stakes and when you want something to be 
actually a certain way and trying to produce and work towards that version of what you want to do. So, um, yeah, so now the phase that we're in right now is fundraising. We're going to do a Indiegogo campaign. We're launching tomorrow and there's been a lot of learning <laughs> just cause I've never done one before and Jessica's never done one before. And you know, figuring out how much to raise and then like the pitch video and the incentives and, um, all of that is a lot. Yeah. It's a production in and of itself. Yes. Um, I've learned a lot the hard way also, um, from it with the successful Kickstarter, but like not asking for enough and wanted to do a bigger one, had a bigger thing on my mind before, but then we did something smaller first but then it made me never want to do it again because yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was just so much work for that small one like I wish it you know whatever you learn yeah you move on so I'm happy to help other people um with their fundraisers um yeah and it's scary too when it's like your own project and when it's something you uh, it really does feel like you're putting yourself out on the line and that you're using resources, like I'm nervous about, you know, doing this big thing. And then what if I want to shoot something of my own next year that, and then I've already done a Kickstarter or, you know, a crowdfunding campaign, um, you know, lots of nerves bubble up around that. Um, but I think it is all learning, like whatever level you're doing it at, it's like, you're, you're going to make mistakes. And so like, just go do it. That's kind of the thing that I'm trying to remind myself right now is like the whole point is to learn even if it is at a higher level it's learning how to do it at a higher level so okay fundraising is part of it this is one as one way of fundraising like learn how to do that and what is hard about it you know and what was the uh short film that you did at the beginning of the year um that was a short film i call that was called jane in the end of life and the idea was that um so this girl jane dies and when she is um, being assessed for whether she goes up or down, you know, um, she comes to understand that God has changed the rules. And instead of being assessed based on the old sins, we're now being judged based on how we treated the earth. Um, and so that's the, that's the basis of it. And it's pretty short and it's meant to be funny. Um, and just like, you know, a reminder of like, Hey, what if, what if how we treat the earth like matters? (laughs) Um, and that seems to be a theme passionate, uh, to your heart. Uh, I saw your short film. What was that called? And life and life. And that, that did well at the film festival that I saw. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and that was also about the environment and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely, I think the thing that's inspired me to actually create films is my, um, passion for fighting climate change and finding solutions to climate change. Um, I think uh, like a few years ago, maybe four or five or something like that, I read a a climate change book and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to quit my job and like quit everything I'm doing and go save the planet. Um, And in thinking about that, um, I was like, well, what am I gonna do? Because I have no, and everything I'd wanna do, I'd have to start basically back at the beginning. because, you know, I've been acting and doing that my whole life. And so the conclusion came 
like, oh, actually I can tell stories about climate change. And actually there aren't many stories about climate change out there that aren't, that are not documentaries. And so this is a way I can contribute. And that really inspired me and got my brain ticking. And so everything I've done has been born out of that, I think. Yeah. And uh, when did acting start for you? Um, acting was a very gradual thing for me. So I did it a bit in high school. Um, I went to undergrad for it. Um, and even graduating from undergrad, I was like, I think undergrad took a little bit of a blow. It was a little blow to my ego. So I graduated from undergrad being like, well, I, I guess I'll give this a try still. Um, and then I started a theater company that was an, an experimental theater company. And that really got my artistic creative side flowing. Um, what was that theater company? It was called the anthropologists. It's still going. Nice. And, yes. And, um, it's a movement based, um, experimental theater company that does a lot of political, um, pieces that are like funny and not too different actually from my films. Um, the thing I realized, yeah, it's a really interesting, they always like have interesting ideas. Like the next project that they're working on is called no pants in Tucson. And it's all about the laws that women for on women, um, that are still like in place that maybe we don't follow, but are still on the books. Um, and it's like a, a look into, um, you know, misogyny and the laws that have been put on women and what women have to face. And I think also the, you know, the trans challenges that have been happening. Um, yeah. But in working on that, I realized that, um, I really was more interested in sort of more quote unquote straight acting. And so I went back to school, I went to the Maggie Flanagan studio and then have sort of been doing more, commercial TV on camera work since then. And the Maggie Flanagan studio, that's uh, heavy on Meisner, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I did Meisner a long time ago, but I think I was too young when I did it. I was like the baby in the group. Mm -hmm. It was the studio in Seattle and I was like 20. Yeah, I was 20. And most people were like tw between 25 and 45. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so the exercises that we were supposed to bring in from like our personal life, mine were like, yeah, I got in an argument with my brother, and, you know, and people were like, <laughs> yeah. the teacher, like, you need to raise the stakes. And it's like, I don't have stakes right now. You know, I don't have anything mm. <laughs> over my head. Mm -hmm. It was like, I get it. I just don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have like really any responsibilities at all other mm -hmm. than being in this class, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, it's, I, I enjoyed the exercises, but some of the deeper work at the time didn't really work. Yeah. For me. And I noticed that about most techniques in mm -hmm. general is that like you do what works for you. Yeah. You, you take what works for you. You, you try it all out and then things stick and things don't. And some of it also just gets in there subconsciously. You yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like I had, a the, mo one of the most ex interesting things I found like from not acting to acting is that I thought like maybe I would forget everything. Um, and I actually found like that 
taking the time away somehow when I came back, some of the things that I learned were more accessible. That makes so much sense. And I think part of that is that when we want something so bad or when we have a way that we think we should do something, it's like we get into this really narrow, like, um, field almost. And, and then when we can let go of that, like we get so much more inspiration, you know, even for me, I think of that in terms of expectations. It's like wanting to book something or wanting to make a director happy always leads my acting to be really like, um, rigid in some way. And when I let that go and I'm really focused on the character or just letting myself be there, um, it's so much more alive and, um, interesting. It's also, it's impossible, like with auditioning to not want the roles that you go out for Mm -hmm. sometimes, like, you know, in particular certain roles, but that is like the trick somehow to like make the auditions part of the process, make the whole thing, the, the love of the process so that, yeah, like in the audition process, you do your best, you use what you know, but yeah, but not thinking about the outcome when you're doing it. It's hard. It's, it's impossible yeah. to a hundred percent do it, but I definitely, and I'm sure you've had this where there's times where you're in that flow where you're in the moment. Um, and whatever, like whether you book things or not, you just feel better about the whole thing. Definitely. Oh, definitely. And sometimes it's just like a matter of having like a few bad auditions before to be like, okay, well, this one, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you have a, you know, like who knows? It's, it's not, it's not really always something I feel like I can control, even though I try. <laughs> it's a uh, hard to implement. Somebody told me a name for that years mm. ago. Uh, the fuck it adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Again, when you try to, when you try to make yourself do that, it's, hard but yeah one thing I try to remind myself of is I had this old fencing teacher who would say when you don't want to think of a white horse think of a black cat so meaning like if you're trying not to think about booking this thing have something else that you're really focused hard on Um, which is also it doesn't always work but you know that that does help to be like okay like the times when I'm like, I just am going to try to have fun in this audition or bring love into this audition or be grounded. Um, at the very least, that's a reminder for, for when I get nervous and like focused on results. Again, like, does it always work? No. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's an ongoing process. Did you just say you're fencing instructor? Yeah. So let's, yes. let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I, um, I started fencing when I was 10 and, you know, I grew up in New York and in New York, basically whatever you want to do, you can find the best of the best here. It, I mean, I don't know if that's everything across the board, but like lots of things. Yeah. I feel like, um, and so I was really lucky. I started fencing with, you know, these amazing coaches, um, and these amazing um, fencers who went on to go into the Olympics. And yeah, so I did that all the way fence nationally, um, all the way through college. And then it came time to decide like fencing or acting because doing both was really not an option. Fencing is actually similar to acting where like 
the um, the likelihood of going pro is very, very slim. Um, and I'd always been doing it just because I loved it. Um, so I decided acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you go back to school, you study with Mo- uh, Molly Flanagan? Maggie. Maggie Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... And then how did uh, how did it go more the TV like on camera route after that? Did that happen to you, or did you like intentionally seek that out? I I sought that out, yeah, because a lot of it just had to do with finances. Mm-hmm. It was like every time I did a play, it would be like a month of rehearsal, and then a month of the play, and then that's two months of reduced work and I would get into debt and then it would take me almost the whole next year to get out of that debt. Um, and I just thought that really wasn't worth it. And doing commercials like non-union commercials, you can do, you know, one and earn a thousand bucks. Like that, that's probably on the lower end. Um, so I definitely put my energy towards that. And then in doing that, I actually, I feel like I've really fallen in love with, the, the process, the process of, of film acting of on camera acting. Cause I do feel like the two are very different and I feel like with film acting, you have to be so laser focused and so real and so in it like that. Um, there's something really exciting about that. I mean, I do of course miss theater and I feel like I had a theater audition a couple of weeks ago and I, I just was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> that was really sad for me, <laughs> but you know, I've had to make a choice and, so do you think you would ever do theater again? I would love to. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. Of course. Like, you know, make enough money and be in a place where I could do that. Yeah. I feel you though. Like you have to have that thought about the finances, about how you balance the thing, balance the sheet. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, like there's a, with film acting, it's hard. Like, everybody wants to do that. Um, or not everybody. I mean, there's people that just want to do theater. But a lot of people, like, you're. I guess you're competing against people who aren't actors, want to be on, want to be famous, basically. <laughs> um, but some of them are auditioning also. And I guess the difference is, like, the upside. Like, if you break into the film world, the upside financially is a lot more rewarding than theater. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. And I will say, I feel like the people who I'm up against now are amazing. So I, you know, I don't, I think that it's, it is like a super duper skill that, um, that they have worked really hard on and that I'm working really hard on. And like, you know, I just want to acknowledge, yes, there are, you know, the Instagram famous people, but um, I think there are also just a ton of amazing actors out there who are busting their butts and like hustling. So, yeah, but I do think the financial thing is important too, because it's like, I've seen people get bitter and frustrated because they're tired because they're working so hard and then they're doing the, the thing that they love is not able to support them. And at some point they're like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I think that's, I could see myself going that way. And I was like, I don't want that to be me. I want to be 80 years old and like still doing this and loving it, you know? And, um, so 
I think that it is important to think about. I mean, just as much as like when you have to figure out your day job, you know, you have to find a day job that is going to support your life in a way. Like if it's chipping away at you, you can't be like, well, I hope to be famous in, you know, three years. (laughs) That's not going to work. You have to think practically about it. Um, Or like, I hope somebody's going to magically give me money so I can do theater, (laughs) you know, like it's not, you have to be a little more practical in order to make it a long-term thing Mm -hmm. and take the reins a little bit which is what you've done so how did you so then how did you go because you started the theater company so I guess that that probably helped with the idea of starting to like make films but how did the filmmaking start for you yeah for sure having that background helped and then um I guess a couple things happened the first was that I was in a film called Bruce um, that my friend Eden Mary show wrote and directed and acted in. And it was super low budget feature, um, that he basically just had his friends come and help. And I got to see how he did that. And I think I was like, Oh, I could see like the, the wheels started clicking of like, Oh, so you need a camera person, you know, like the actual logistics of putting a film together. Um, and then my friend Izzy, Andrea, Izzy, Anthony, um, she and I were like, uh, we were accountability partners and she was like, we need, we should write something together. And my mom has a cabin upstate and she was like, let's write something for the cabin upstate. And so we did and we put it together. And, um, that was another step in like, Oh, we, um, we, I could, I saw how it was done, you know, like we wrote it, we found people to help us out. We spent a little bit of money, but not a lot. And we were really happy with how it turned out. Like, and I think another part of what got me on the journey was this idea that it doesn't have to be perfect, like that I'm learning. And so I, the whole thing is just to do it, just to like put my energy into it and create something. And that like, it doesn't, I think sometimes that can hold people back. Like, oh, it has to be perfect. Or, oh, I have to have $10,000 in order to, to make this. And I think it really helped for me to see like how you could make it with no money and how, you know, like finding my voice as a filmmaker probably isn't going to happen for a really long time. So like, cool, just fucking make stuff then, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you start to find your voice in the making. Yes, exactly. And also learn like the things that worked or the things that didn't or storytelling things that worked and storytelling things that didn't and getting, advice and help from people and learning from them. You know, you, I got so much more out of it from that, from doing and messing up and finding solutions and finding help than I would have if I just like studied film in a book, you know? I think it's also just going back to auditions and that grind when you're making things also, even though as hard as that is, there's something about the auditions that it's easier to let go like the outcome because you know, of course, you know, in your head, like (laughs) I have this thought process sometimes where it's like, Oh, if I book this thing, then I'll use like that money that I'd make off of that. And Mm -hmm. like the publicity that I got off of that to also like promote the other thing that I want to make already. But the flip side is like, if I don't get this, well, then I have more time to focus on the thing that I'm already working on in my head or maybe not working on. Maybe it's in my head and I need to like sit down 
and have that time to do that. You know, totally. And I think what you're saying, how it reflects for me is it's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can go to this audition and I can work on my acting and it can be really important, but it's not the only thing. It's not like everything is ride or die on this one thing. And if I don't succeed here, I'm going to like, you know, be a total failure, (laughs) but I have something else that I'm also working on. And I will say that I feel like film and, um, filmmaking and acting are really, um, really nice supporting. They're supportive of each other in that, like with acting, it's like, I have to break down what somebody else is giving me. So I don't have a say over the story, the content, how it's being made. I only have a say over what I bring to it. And there's something really freeing and wonderful and exciting about that whole process. But it's nice to balance that out with there's something I want to say that I want to make that I'm creating. Um, and the downside of that is that it's a lot of work mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you have to make all the decisions and that can be, so they both balance each other off. Well, one, you have to make all the decisions, but it's yours. And the other one, you get to let the decisions be made by somebody else, but it's not yours, you know? So they, I think they're really good at, um, The only challenge is then balancing the time management of the two because that's been really, really hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But as it always is, you know, time. Um, So then the one you made, the film that you made with the cabin, Mm -hmm. how did that then go to burn it down? Like what was the... Um, Well, I guess... How did that go? Well, I did that and then I shot and Life. And then I think, I can't remember the exact timeline. I've been, I shot, I've shot now five things. So somewhere in there, I think I was just feeling like, oh, maybe like I would love to do film school because there is so much I don't feel like I know. But that like film school is such a commitment and it's money. And really like the good film schools that I've seen, they're good because they're constantly making work. So I think that's the idea of burn it down is like, okay, let's do film school just like yeah. scrappier. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I think a lot of um, industries, like a lot of industries and arts would benefit from from that idea. Like business also, like a lot of people, a lot of business leaders are advocating, you don't need to do the traditional way anymore. Like not that not that there's no value in it right. but that maybe the actual financial cost like not that it's not worth it at all but that maybe you can find the same value in another way and do the thing that you want to do yeah and it's about your own personal journey it's like if you if this is each way is valid going mm-hmm. the school route or going the like learn by doing route but I think um, for me, some, something that also sort of makes me nervous about school is all the shoulds that get involved with that. And um, I definitely found that in acting. I think I said that like I went to school for acting and then I came out with a totally torn ego about it and like, oh, I should be doing this. And like all these fears surrounding it because I went to school. Like I almost feel like if I didn't go to school and I just tried it out professionally first that I would have gone to my undergrad with more of like a, 
confidence about me and knowing what I wanted to learn and what I needed for myself versus going in totally green and having teachers be like, well, you need to, sorry, you need to fix this and this and this, and then coming out feeling like I'm never, I'm not good enough, you know? Um, and I, and also all the things that in order to be a good actor, I, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I feel like sometimes people who have never done acting before are almost better because they don't have all these rules that they think they're supposed to be following. Yeah. And I think that was also my fear with filmmaking was like, I feel so free right now in making my films because I don't know the rules and I want to know the rules, but <laughs> I also want to know them in context of like what I need. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you've also now you have a survival job also that's doing editing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think my brother's actually doing something similar out in LA. Oh, crazy. Um, I, I just thought of that little connection, but, but yeah. So because you're doing this, there are other ways in addition to like what's happening right now, there are things that are going to come up like film people are filming so many things. There's going to be other opportunities yes. and now you have a body of work to show. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, you know, on both ends that helps. Yes. Yeah. I would say definitely like it, that's been an added bonus. I think, um, I was really lucky in that. I, I feel very lucky that the people who I've found to collaborate with on my short films have been really good. I feel like the, what I was saying with Jane in the end of life that I, it was way scrappier than I'd like. And, um, it did show me like, Oh, your DP on these last three projects was like so good. So I feel lucky that, um, I do feel like my films are in a place where I could show them to people and be like, this is what I and proudly show them to people and be like, this is what I made. Um, so that was definitely just a bonus. Um, but to have that for, for filmmaking and to maybe, um, meet other filmmakers, you know, that's definitely been nice with the film festivals is meeting the other filmmakers and, um, seeing what comes from that, what connections come, what both for acting and filmmaking has been definitely added bonus. Yeah. So burn it down. Um, Thank you for starting that. And I had fun <laughs> working on that last one. And I look forward to learning and working on future ones. Um, like the films that are made in that wing, like in the learning wing of it, where like, can people see that online? Like those mm. films or what happens with, with those when they're done? Yeah, that's been a question that Jessica and I have been pondering because the point is the process, not the end result. And so it's hard for us to know, like we want to show them. Actually, so many of them have been so good, but it's, um, we're nervous about when, if showing people, then the focus gets shifted from the process, from learning to the product. And, um, so we really want to prevent people. We do have reels. We do have two little reels of each season that's on our Instagram account. And you can sort of see the different things people have, have been playing with and stuff like that. And I, I have a feeling we'll put them out just cause they are really fun. And it's cool to see what you can make in three hours without much prep. Um, 
Um, but yeah, that's sort of been our. What's the, I'm just curious about what the argument for not showing versus showing is like, I I understand the, like that it's not about the result, but wouldn't that be part of the process too? Yes. Yeah. I mean, for sure we want to see the people who, that we want the people who worked on it and actually that's been a really surprising thing because a lot of the people who worked on the projects, I think partially because a lot of them are theater people they're, and I'm the same way, but they're like, Oh, we shot it. We're done. Like, and they don't, but part of it is like a post-production and B seeing the result because then you can learn, you learn so much from seeing what you actually created. So for sure, we want to make sure that the people who are involved in the process I think it's more for people who showing people the general public who haven't worked on the projects um, and giving them the wrong idea. Like I would be interested in, you know, moving forward, you know, uh, shooting more behind the scenes stuff. And then you can pair some of the behind the scenes stuff with the actual short film. So it could be like, you know, what did you learn on the set or what was something that went wrong that we had to solve or, and then when you get that backstory and then seeing the short film, like having more context, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I think that is maybe more, more of what I mean. If that makes, was that helpful? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a interesting, you know, question. Yeah. Like as far as it's like, uh, music now like the the model has changed about like being perfect like Mm. it's not about that anymore yeah like so another way to make a film now is to do like a super no budget web series Mm -hmm. and then maybe from that like you know if people enjoy that if you find an audience for like a no budget thing then sometimes do the whole season again, like with an actual small budget and then pitch that. And then it becomes sometimes a web series, sometimes a a film, but kind of like the audience has changed. And I feel like the audience is now used to seeing like the process and understands Mm -hmm. that things, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think you're so right. I think you're so right. Like on YouTube, there's so many videos about that break down, like, films that we love or like editing or lighting or, and I even on Netflix now there's like a show about movies that we love that I've been watching that I love. Um, um, so I think you're right that people are really interested in the process and I'm not saying we'll never put them up. I think that's why we haven't put it up yet. Um, but you know, we might change our mind. Mm -hmm. Like also just thinking as far as like fundraising, if people see, what we've already done. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. It's, well, it's just quite, <laughs> it's a question, um, you know, uh, and yeah, then I guess for people wanting to like learn about filmmaking, um, or just in general, like you've told me about it, but who is burn it down for? Ah, uh, yes. It's for people who want to learn by doing, Um, and we, so far it's been a lot of theater people because I think theater people, um, are, 
that there are people we know that we want who want to do more film stuff, but we're a little intimidated because they've never been on a set or they are not used to that world. Um, so this is a place where they can get used to that world or feel get time on a set so that when they go to a quote unquote real set or a bigger set, they they feel like they at least know what's going on. Um, and yeah, it's just for anybody who it can eat other ways people have used it is like people who are more film savvy, but want to work on a specific aspect. Like I had a friend who wanted to work on, who wanted to practice, um, shooting on an iPhone. So it was like, come use, be a DP and shoot on your iPhone. And there's a no stakes version, you know, way of, of practicing shooting something in a, for a story, you know, um, so it can be used in a multitude of ways, but it's really for learning. Yeah. And how do people get involved? Like if they are interested? Yeah. Um, well, we, we have a website. It's not really a, like a WWE thing, but they could email. Well, I could put the link in the show notes too. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll get, I'll send you the link and then, um, they can also email burn it down film collective at gmail.com. Yeah. Nice. And so started this season. What is the rest of the season? What does that process look like? Yeah. So we had our first workshop wing and then we're going to have two more of those. I think a few months separated by a few months. I think the next one's in February and then either the one after that's either in April or May. And then in between in January, we're shooting our production wing film and uh, June is our second production film. Uh, wing film so five films total this season um just because there's we're figuring out all of those kinks um and how to balance it all um but yeah so that's what it's looking looking to and we're in pre-production for january's film already and so let's talk about the production wing a little bit more um so how does that work it has been a huge experiment. <laughs> and this is the first year you're doing that or you did that last year? No, this is the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huge experiment. We basically got together. I think, um, there are 13 of us and we got some scripts sent, uh, submitted to us and the directors pitched their vision for the scripts. And based on those pitches, we voted and picked two scripts. Um, the whole idea being that for one, for each film, the people involved would do one thing that's a little more challenging to them that, you know, maybe is not like sound, you know, I don't know how to do sound like, but I'm willing to give it a try. And then another thing that they feel more excited about doing like, oh, I love acting or I really want to try art direction um, so that everybody in it would get a chance to do one of each. Um, And then, yeah, so then we're shooting one and Jessica and I just, based on what everybody told us um, they were excited about doing and challenged by, we sort of tetris it and came up with the crew list. And um, the, the other interesting thing about the production wing is something we're exploring is um, sort of on-set culture. So in addition to learning, it's also about how we operate as a collective so we've been been meeting once a month and discussing how production's going and also um, making decisions as a collective and giving time for people to do what 
is called a stand-up, which is like basically saying like, I'm having trouble with this thing. And then people can know where people are at and also help with any suggestions or thoughts on that challenge. So that's also been part of what we're doing with this new wing is trying to address like set culture, especially indie set culture, um, and how to like be really healthy in that area. And, uh, what does the name mean? Burn it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was, it was born out of this idea of like, I want to burn through my 10,000 hours. Like, let's burn them down. Burn it down. Nice. Yeah. Um, and outside of burn it down, uh, what else is going on for you? Yeah. Um, I have a project that I'm writing. It's bigger than anything I've done. So that's exciting. And, and um, I'm also doing the acting hustle. And I've been trying to put, because I think the last few years I've been focusing more on filmmaking, this year I was really like, I'm ready to put more energy back into my acting business, acting life. And so I've been doing a lot of work around that, um, which has been really fun. But like I said, hard to balance it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you favor one or the other or do you like see them both kind of together? a hard question I don't I one challenge has been that I don't see them as operating together very easily um um so yeah but what was the question again <laughs> like kind of how you like what you favor or just how you mm. how you approach those two things yeah how they work together or don't work together yeah that's I think I'm trying to figure that out mm -hmm. yeah because um, they both take different mindsets and skills. Um, so, yeah, that's been a challenge of mine is like trying to balance it all and trying to figure out when to do what. Um, and I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know if you ever do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's a constant, that's a process. Yes. That's yeah. not, um, that never ends. Yeah. And it's probably like a, Never, I'll never feel like I'm right in the middle of the balancing act. It'll probably feel like I'm tipping over towards filmmaking here. I'm tipping over towards acting here and just wobbling back between the two, back and forth between the two. In an ideal, like five years or 10 years, would you like to be um, making and starring in your own movies? Like, is that the dream? Or a dream, you know, because yes. like, like that's like a, like Clint Eastwood obviously mm -hmm. does that a lot. Um, or like Broad City type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Insecure. Um, interesting. I feel like the dream would be a little bit more like someone's hired me to be in a TV show and then on the side, I can use all that money and knock on wood time to create my own stuff. I think that's that's where I am right now. It's constantly changing is the thing. It was like, if you had asked me like six months ago, I'd been like, Oh yeah, definitely making my own stuff. I mean, Fleabag is definitely an inspiration for me because yeah. it was so good. So maybe something like that. I don't know. And that's an interesting one. Cause that went theater on camera. Mm -hmm. And then I think, I think she did something recently. Like, I'm not sure. Like I'm very fascinated with, 
things going from one medium to the other and then back somehow like yeah meta the whole thing you know (laughs) yeah yeah I definitely think it's I would never have known it was a theater thing first either which I think is so cool I'm not I might be wrong on this but I feel like she's done some live performances since the show's been out and I'm very curious to like I wish I knew like I was kind of I saw it pretty recently like Mm -hmm. I think I watched it like a couple months ago Mm -hmm, me too um so I'm like late to the game a little bit, but I think she even did something. I know she, I'm, I, again, I might be totally making this up, <laughs> but I feel like she did something in the West End and I feel like she may have done something in New York. Yeah. I think I like heard that summertime or too. Something. Yeah. And it was like sold out. In like yeah. 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 Um, so I'm curious to, I wonder if there's anywhere you could see that. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's such a. Like what's the difference or like, and, but the other thing too with that is now she has a whole fan base that knows that's, it that's what i mean like so how you know what the live show would be now post the amazon show mm-hmm. like, yeah yeah that that excites me yeah that is so interesting i wonder if it's like being a com- comedian you know you comedians who do have their stand-up shows on tv and then people are like do the such and such joke and they're like no <laughs> well you, you know like that changed for like comedians, especially in the last five years with Netflix, mm-hmm. the kind of model that most of them used to do, like, and of course, 20 years ago was different. Like there were people that just, there were like back in the day, like in the fifties and sixties, there were comedians who like just toured with the same material and yep. didn't really change it up. Mm-hmm. And now kind of the thing is comedians, as I understand it, a lot of them, they work for two years develop this material, Mm -hmm. go on tour, tape it kind of in the, at the peak of like a tour or like right after a tour. And then they'll, they'll use it a little bit longer. Um, but basically like start over again, basically start over like right before it comes out. They, they start, there's different ways, but a lot of people throw the whole thing out and start from scratch. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all because once people see it, there it is. It's like, yeah, it's been done. And I think, I think it's changed now too. Like audiences now, I don't think call for old jokes anymore. People want I hope new so. stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I hope so. Cause I, I feel like as a performer, that would be like so frustrating. Yeah. Let me do my job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think so much has changed. Like you said, the music industry, the film, TV and film for sure is like, which I think is, makes it a great time to be a filmmaker, indie filmmaker. I mean, it's still, you know, really hard to make any money at it, but there's so many opportunities for things now. And so speaking of money, (laughs) um, how much are you going for in the Indiegogo? We're going for 7,000. And that covers um, the workshop wing. We got some new sound equipment for that so that we can have sound equipment at every workshop without having to like borrow or have some weird sound stuff Um, and also admin stuff. And then for each film. So for each film, we're going for like a 2,500 budget, um, which is like, I think pretty reasonable. It's like, that was definitely something we went back and forth on. Um, because we want to bring enough money to the production that 
there's enough room to play and feel like growth can be had, but, um, still it's like a scrappy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then the production wing, those films are those, what happens with those when th- those are done? Yeah. Those are ones we're specifically going to try to put in festivals. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether they get in or not, we, you know, yeah, there's a whole thing with that, but like, you know, enough, enough of a budget to, to be able to submit and high enough quality where we can say like, we can submit this confidently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and can you talk about a little bit about the one you're writing or is it too early to talk about? No, no, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah, it's a, um, it's five different micro shorts all put together. Um, and each one is a different phase of grief. Um, all surround, all to do with climate change, but they're funny. They're like different genres. So like one's like sarcastic, got a sort of, sort of more sarcastic tone. One's more of an action short. One is, um, maybe a little bit sad. Another one's sort of more of a documentary uplifting feel. And they're all like really short. Um, yeah. And different, you know, like I'm thinking at this point, I'm thinking like different people in each one, um, kind of like wild tales, which was a film that was done, I think South America, Central America somewhere, um, a few years ago that was like a feature, but it was like short feature length, but short films all put together in one. And each one was like really different, but all around the idea of like wildness and it was super interesting and good. Um, so something like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Ooh, um, I don't think so. Climate change? <laughs> climate change. Guys, climate change is real. <laughs> and I, I will say this in terms of climate change is that it encompasses all the other issues that we are facing. Yeah. Which is, I'm... I see it. So I see, you know, people are fighting for like racial justice as part of the climate justice fight. But I I feel like not enough people know that like that climate change isn't just about animals and the planet. It's about people. It's about um, equality. Um, You know, the people who are affected most by climate change are those people who can't afford to fight against it. And so it, and, you know, there are so many things about, you know, indigenous people and um, corporate interests taking over the world. And so whatever your perspective is, whatever you're fighting, you're also, that's also in the climate change fight. So if, if it at all possible to join forces in a little way, I think that would be really awesome because it's all the same fight, really. Yeah. Um, that's probably, I, I actually decided that during the last election, actually, if there's one issue that's the most important to me, it is actually climate change. Cause like you said, if we destroy this planet, all the other debates that we have don't matter. Yeah. But, and really they are all like, if we fight climate change and make changes to, to, prevent disaster those changes are really probably going to help these other thing other issues yeah. also if we it's like you know like also 
pursuing acting, filmmaking, um, whatever it is, like anybody listening, if you're pursuing something, you're probably going to do better in your pursuit if you are taking care of yourself and you are healthy. So it's like, yeah, if we make the planet healthy and, you know, take care of it, make it flourish, we all benefit from that too. Yes. Yeah. And I will say something I've thought about with climate change is that it's not that it's an issue that's more important than the other ones because all of these issues, you know, um, trans rights and, you know, fighting misogyny and all this stuff, they're, they're very all really important and actually really deep and difficult problems to solve. I would say the thing about climate change is the urgency. It's yeah. the most urgent problem because we have a time limit on it. And actually the thing about climate change is that it's a fairly recent development, you know, so racial injustice goes back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years um, that we have to unpack and, um, and deal with climate change is something from the industrial revolution. The industrial revolution. Yeah. So the, the, the changes, it, it's like a, um, I don't know. It just feels like a, not as a much of a deep, I mean, I could be wrong on that front, but it feels like a more recent change. So it feels like it could be a little easier to take those roots out and, um, solve that problem. Um, so it's, but it, the, my point is that it's not a more important issue. It's a more urgent issue. And that's why I fight for it. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the best place for people to follow you and to follow burn it down? And- mm. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, burn it down film collective, um, is the way to follow us. And I'm on Instagram, Jean Miyoshi Goto, M I Y O S H I. Um, and yeah, those are really the best places to, to check me out. Cool. And we'll uh, have the links to the Indiegogo in the show notes as well. Awesome. Um, we're going to raise that money. Woo! <laughs> well, thank you very much for sitting down. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. So that was my conversation with Gene Goto. Please check out the show notes if you want to support the Indiegogo. Um, congrats on raising the money that they set out. But if you want to support, please do. More money is always helpful. Uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, that myself in this this podcast, how to how to fund this. Um, might do some sponsorship. Um, if there's any generous donors that want to support this podcast, hit me up as well um, so that I can better support my fellow artists such as Gene and Burn It Down. I hope your new year's going well. Um, I wish you abundance. I wish you wealth and health um, and growth in the coming year and decade and time. And I hope that we can all lift each up, lift each other up in these uh, somewhat contentious times. Um, I think our intention is where we have to start. We have to start with ourselves. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you're doing well. I wish you love, light, and prosperity in all things going forward in the 2020s. Welcome to the 2020s. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on Monday. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.